shoot your shot. Hey, come on now, shoot your shot. Hey, come on, one, two, shoot your shot. Hey, come on now, shoot your shot. Shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot your shot. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Shoot Your Shot podcast. I'm your host, Isfandi Arberhini, joined alongside my co-host Bradshaw Furlong, and we have a guest. He is the co-host of the Dunks and Discourse podcast, and has. Some radical takes on some of my favorite movies, which we'll get to later. But uh, this is this is Mr. Josh Everly. Josh, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Uh, I don't know about I don't know about radical. Now I'm, feel- <laughs> now I'm feeling like I'm getting set up here, but radical. All right, but I'll, let's, let's get into it. I'm excited. No, no, the, the, it's actually just one movie. I'm curious uh, about what you and Jabari said on the pod, so I'll, we'll oh, get okay. into that in a bit. But um, There is a specific reason why we brought you here, and I want to talk about this because you are an NBA Twitter connoisseur, um, and at times, NBA Twitter and the the world of NBA Twitter can be toxic, right? Um, You know, you you have to deal with your fair share of it online, and and you handle it with a certain amount of poise, but I got to ask, you know, like, how do you sift through the trolls and the people who are actually trying to have a genuine conversation about, like, an argument or something? And it, I trial and error. I gotta say, like it was almost worse a couple of years ago. Like I, I don't know, like basketball Twitter's like slowed down some. But um, I had a friend here locally who asked me, like, because because I said Luca was better than Harden, or I want or something like that a couple of weeks ago. Right. And he was like, "Does it bother you that there are people in your mentions like claiming you're a racist because you said Luke over Harden?" I'm like, "I mean, a little. Like, no one likes being accused of something that terrible over a basketball take." But I'm actually somewhat used to it now. Yeah. But man, I, I've had people on on the site like find my girlfriend's Facebook one time, send her a message saying they were going to rape her. Um, I had a Chicago's Bull fan who asked where I lived, showed me a flight ticket, said he was coming to Calgary to kill me. Um, I had a guy that lived in Calgary, took a picture of a local pub here, said that he know, he'd seen me at this pub before and he was going to beat my ass um, for, for Kobe fans everywhere if you ever saw me again. Like, it's been some wild stuff. And, like, granted, radical hot takes. I've got some hot basketball takes and for sure. But, like, I'm a, I don't think I, like, ever have gone after anyone personally on Twitter. So it is wild some of the things that, like, really come out of basketball debates that there's no business taking into that place like yeah yeah holy crap first of all like yeah that's that's wild like i've seen like some like i'm i'm like in nhl twitter as well so i've seen people in nhl twitter get a lot of that as well i've never really seen that in nba twitter though that's nuts oh yeah man and and now like dude my block list is at like almost 600 people i think Damn. I have almost blocked 600 Great. accounts. I cannot imagine. Like, there there are days where I, I just honestly want to have a discussion and I'll just, you know, slide over people who are being ridiculous. And, and it doesn't bother me to the same extent it used to. I cannot imagine having a Kevin Durant type following, though. Yeah. Yeah. Where, right. What, if you had millions of people and, like, they were mad at you from decisions from four years ago, and no matter what you said, they all just wanted to attack you personally. It, it's it's got to be exhausting, dude. Yeah, yeah. And just to think of like you know the 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 guys, the players themselves, the athletes. I really hope they don't deal with their own social media, you know, because that can be a lot on your mental. Well, and I've talked to a lot of players. Like I, I would say nine out of ten players have a burner okay. that yeah. they use regularly because it's it's just like it's just easier to like interact and and not see your own stuff. And um, Ben Golliver was on my podcast about a year ago. And he was talking about like 
how the list that they did at Sports Illustrated for forever, the top 50, him and Rob Mahoney, mm-hmm. the top 100. Yeah. It just, like, he hadn't looked at his own mentions in two years. He's like, it's literally been two years. Like, the only thing he checked was his podcast email. But, like, never, ever, ever checked his mentions on Twitter because it just, it just got too toxic. Yeah. It's unfortunate that it is that because I was saying even a couple of days ago, like, there's guys that I have been tweeting, I know I've been tweeting each other, and we're all kind of on the same block for years. Right. And then there's one stupid disagreement about a stupid it, – it, it's not even Kobe or LeBron. It's like the dumbest stuff. Right. And then, you know, they're going at each other, making it personal. People are blocking each other. Other people are getting involved. It really goes to place it doesn't need to. Yeah, that, that was literally one of the questions I had because I saw you tweet that. You're like, somebody yeah. has – we, you know, they've been on NBA Twitter for 5, 10, 15 years, and they still can't find a way to, like, talk about it normally, right? Forget the trolls. Trolls aside. Sure, there's, yeah. There's even guys on NBA Twitter where it's like, you know, you can't have a normal conversation with them without it going into either name-calling or, or some kind of argument that, that goes into, like, oh, you're condescending. You know what I mean, right? And I think, and not to take this to, like, a political level, but this is sort of why, like, um, the Jeff Daniels quote about like if if progressives are so great or Democrats are so great, why do they always lose? <laughs> I think it's the same thing with basketball Twitter. We're like it's the same interests. You're in the same camp, but you find reasons to fight over the most minimal of disagreements and differences, and you end up isolating allies. And it really sucks to see that. Right. I mean, at, at the end of the day, we all love basketball, right? <laughs> like. Yeah. We- if, if nothing is ever that serious, and men, from what you said off the top, it's like nothing is ever really that serious, right? No. No, like 99 out of 100 times, there's nothing to get upset about. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, if I think Dale Ellis would be a more useful player in today's basketball than Kobe Bryant, which I don't. I'm not going to – but like if I thought that, right. how are you actually hurt by that? How right. do you actually care? Just dismiss me and move on. Like but people let it ruin their day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, well, what did I see? What did I see? The one that I was that started Bull Bull or Rudy Gobert as an offensive player <laughs> really got some people upset this week. And I was like, this is a terrible thing to ruin friendships over. This is a terrible yeah. thing to like create a line and attack each other over. But you know, it is what it is. You're also burning bridges, right? You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, there's, there's podcasts you can't go on. There's, there's, I guess, like circles of NBA Twitter you can't really get into because you're kind of burning bridges that way, right? Um, I, I had a tweet the other day that I guess was, was controversial in a certain sense, but we'll get into it now. It's, it's about uh, system players, right? And, and you saw the quote Bomani Jones had about sure. Curry, right? I said, and I know this might sound ridiculous at first, I said Tim Duncan might be the best system player I've ever seen. That's not, again, I, I think I have a different definition of system player than other people do because system player, I guess in a sense, people think is like a role player who works really well in a certain system. But I personally think a system player is a guy you can build your entire system around. But I don't know. What do you think about that? I just, I, again, it, it is what you're saying. Like, it, it's a terminology thing where people hear system and they think that that is limiting. Right. And it, I, I think, you know, of Tom Brady a lot in the NFL. And I guess yeah. we'll see this here with Tampa, what that looks like. But um, they, they take it as some sort of slight. And it, and it was used in the Brady-Manning debate for a very long time. Like, Manning can just go and throw 40 touchdowns anywhere. Tom Brady wouldn't be the same without the Patriot system, Bill Belichick. And I think he actually had a quote about Aaron Rodgers saying like, you know, if Aaron Rodgers was in the Patriot system playing for Bill, he'd throw for 60 touchdowns. Right. So like, I mean, maybe there's something to it, but at the end of the day, the goal is winning. 
And if Steph Curry's like gravity and what he does in creating spacing, um, would he be successful with, with a team that didn't have Draymond Green and a very versatile, great playmaking forward that could, you know, facilitate off of the screen? No. Would he be as good without shooting? Would he be as good, you know, if he wasn't allowed to, to run and create the space that he does? It goes both ways. Sure. No, but like he is the jump starter to that system. And the thing with the Bomani quote was um, his barometer for a superstar was more or less, if you tell me I have this guy, I have a shot at a championship. And I, I, I feel pretty strongly that Curry makes that, yeah. you know, same camp. But uh, yeah, people get unfairly mad at the system because who cares if you're a system player, if you win. Right. right? Exactly. Like, you know, no one cares. I mean, the best players have had a really, really good system. Like Jordan himself yeah. with the triangle was like, without him, this triangle wouldn't have worked. And without the triangle, Jordan would have, wouldn't have won those six championships. Right. When you used to hear this a lot about Nash and again, like most of the vitriol around players and like the, the negative use of the word system is usually one other fan base trying to like put your guy down. Right. So when Nash, Nash won those back-to-back MVPs in the years where Kobe was chucking, the Lakers weren't doing well post Shaq Lakers fans really hated Nash. So you would hear a lot. He's a system player, but the Mavericks team that he left had the number one offense before he went to Dan Tony, before he went to those Suns teams. So it's like, yeah, he absolutely is the engine and this system inflates numbers and whatever, 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 but it's not like he wouldn't be great outside of it. So I, I just think it's it's something people get stuck on where really again it doesn't really matter. Like I think in especially for basketball too, like just jumping on this really quickly, like this more than almost any other sport any other sports me, like you show me a great player, I'll show you a great system. Like the Bucks, for a personal example, they were incredibly mediocre until they got a good coach with a good system. So, like, being a system player or fitting into a system or having a system help you isn't a bad thing to me, at least. Like, it, it's like you need a good system to work out. You can't just have, like, five guys on the court and just have them be really talented and win a championship. That just doesn't, doesn't work. Yeah, and I think four out of five guys in the lineup, you usually want to stick within the system, mm-hmm. right? Like, you, you want them to know what their role is and what they do, and the better they get at knowing where they're supposed to be now they can best support each other, like, the better your team's going to be. So again, like I, I think if you talk to coaches, no coach would be like it's a bad thing to be a system player, but yeah. it's something that fans have used so much to like, you know, bump X player to up or Y player down and player to base that I think that's why it's so negative. Yeah, so much of it is terminology on Twitter. Yeah. It's like you have to be really careful of what word you use to describe a player because they'll jump down your throat if it's not the word you're looking for. Right? You, you got to be really careful about everything you say. Yeah. We've we've reached a really stupid point where like again you know people know people for ten years and I I, I don't know you know we're not, I'm not a psychologist and I'm sure like there's some really smart people could, who could speak to the difference um, between in relationship building between an online social media app and like real face to face interaction and it's not the same or whatever sure but people will you know throw out ten years of goodwill and collaboration and and commentary on the timeline to dunk on you once so yeah. i mean it really is it's something you know a couple retweets and, and likes man that's all <laughs> it takes right it's all it takes yeah, yeah. um I'll, I'll actually go into something that i thought was really interesting that you did a while back which was um those graphs which shout out to microsoft paint for those right yeah it was microsoft. <laughs> uh maybe all right, all right okay or all right. google sheets 
Okay. The, oh, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's pain. Like, that's pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no. Listen, you're still the Google Sheet King. Don't don't get it twisted. You're still, you're still Google Sheet King. I, I'm talking about the the graphs and all the the. Different. Oh yeah. Right. Um, I'll, I I kind of want to throw some of the questions back at you, but like of a different variation. So sure. It'll be it'll be quick hitters. Just whatever you think. Throw it out there. Um, cool. Bradshaw, if you want, we can go back and forth on the the ones that I've written. So up to you. But okay. Um, give me a player who is underappreciated right now, but would be highly praised in any other era. Underappreciated right now would be highly praised in any other era. Um, Andre Drummond. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That makes yeah. Sense. yeah. Yeah. Like I was on, like say him or Valanciunas even maybe like yeah he's on a maybe. star but yeah we're we're like ten years. Like, there's still a large section of fans who see the points and the rebounds and think he's a great player. Yeah. But we, we, we've kind of reached a point where the majority of fans know the value just isn't there despite the per-game stats. But, like, if Andre Drummond, Drummond played in, like, 1985 or 94, he would be a max money player. He yeah. would be yeah. top 50 players all time type of thing, right? Yeah. yeah. I, mean, like, I'm, club. Yeah. I remember there was a thing going around. It was, like, who's better, Andre Drummond or Brooke Lopez? And, like, mm-hmm. a lot of people were like, oh, Andre Drummond, like, no question. But, like, to me, I mean, obviously I'm a little biased, but I think Brooke Lopez right now is a better – he's a player that impacts winning more than Andre Drummond does. Yeah. You can say Andre Drummond's more talented, but I think impact – like, value in terms of, like, impacting winning, I think it has to be Brooke Lopez. But people see the points and the rebounds, and I think Andre Drummond. There's, like, very few teams, if any, I could think that would be better going through Andre Drummond than, yeah. than having Lopez, even if he only plays 22 minutes a game for you. You know, yeah, especially at the price tag too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a player that's production value or production value talent was low when he was in the league, but after retirement, his recognition skyrocketed. Kendrick Perkins. Um, Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Perks probably heard his recognition because at the yeah, time, <laughs> at the time, people thought he was major key, and when when the Thunder traded yeah. for him. There was a lot of like, oh, if Perk wasn't hurt, maybe Boston has two. And when the Thunder traded for him, they were going to finally be able to play the Lakers' size. And yeah. So he was actually kind of valued at the time. But, you know, talking after your career, ask Reggie Miller, Chris Webber, Charles Barkley can hurt you. Um, I don't want to say bad, but like the guy I did think of when I made one similar to that was Paul Pierce. Okay. Where like Paul Pierce just like really, and it, and it was the, it was the Celtics title too, but like he was viewed as like an all-star pretty good player. And then he, between his own his own works and the spotlight he's got as an analyst, there are people who think he's all time, all time. So he yeah. come to mind. The 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 wheelchair doo doo situation really helps in his case. <laughs> no. I don't know if it helps. I don't know if it helps. No, not for me, man. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, out of out of Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns, Zach Levine, and Bradley Beal, who's the most likely to get traded first? Um. Levine, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think he'd probably be Levine too, especially if they don't get rid of uh, Boylan. Right. I can see a scenario though where like the Wizards come back and like despite John Wall's mo- like heavy confidence and best efforts, he's not himself, mm-hmm. and the Wizards aren't good again next year, and they kind of panic and deal deal. Right. Like I, I, I still, I still think it's on the table, but, um, but yeah, it feels like Levine. Yeah. Where, where would where do you think Levine would go? I mean, I mean, there's so many options, but I do think Levine's underrated. I think um, 
in terms of a lot of the guys that can get you in that 20 to 25 point per game range, he does it fairly efficiently. He's not the worst defender in the NBA. He's not even close. Like he's a bad defender. 100% makes bad reads 100%, but just by the nature of his frame and his athleticism, like he he's, he can't be the worst defender, right? Because at least he can contest the shot. Like at least he can recover. Um, that's one of the most annoying things too, about like NBA Twitter. If like you're a good defender, uh, you'll be a good defender forever. Like from a value interpretation standpoint and vice versa with being a bad defender. Like the other thing is I, I think when you're on a shitty team, the reality is like, you're not going to play defense. Guys do not lock in every night defensively the same way they go out and try to score 20 in a losing effort. Scoring the showcase when you're not doing well, defense isn't. And I think I very much do think, and this has gotten me in a lot of trouble with jazz Twitter. If you swap Zach Levine and Donovan Mitchell, I, I do not think the Jazz are significantly worse or, or the Bulls are significantly better. Hmm. That's actually a really interesting concept. That is interesting, yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I, I think I'd agree with you on that, to be honest. I think, I mean, what Mitchell brings and what Levine brings, yeah, yeah. You might, what you might miss is Mitchell's playmaking. But, like, yeah. from a defensive standpoint, not much, Mitchell's yeah. not bringing it any more than Levine is. And from an offensive scorer standpoint, I don't think Mitchell's any better at getting his own, so. Right, yeah. I also think with the whole um, Zach Levine Chicago thing is like if if you don't believe in the coach and you don't want to buy in, you're just not going to try as much on the defensive end. Like, yeah. Oh no. Yeah, you're going to get your own right, and then. And I even think like look at Booker this year. Like you know he was a guy who just anemic defensively. Effort was just not there unless he was shooting. All of that criticism seemed pretty valid, and then all of a sudden his team was in some games this year. Right. Um, and and. All of a sudden, he was not terrible on defense, and he was sharing the ball, and he was more engaged. And, like, if your team has no chance of winning, it's pretty tough to lock in. Yeah, I agree. So if you had to bet your life, which is a pretty hefty bet, S, my God, uh, if you had to bet your life on one of these players winning an NBA championship first, who are you betting it on? So this is, again, hefty bet here. Luka, Zion, John Morant, or Jason Tatum? Life's on the line, man. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> uh, Tatum, I think. Just because of the Celtics? You know, I, think just, I think the Celtics are in a good position. I think, you know, they've got some good pieces there. I still think the Eastern Conference is the lesser conference. Yeah. Uh, like, Luka's the best player there. If I was starting in, like, a vacuum, I would take Luka. But, mm-hmm. you know, the West is tough, man. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Which, uh, okay, I, I got you on this one. What is uh, one player that people have absolutely given up on, but you still have stock in? Can I say Anthony Randolph? <laughs> is that, is, is, is that too deep? Uh, <laughs> is, 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 is he like getting like 20 points a game for Real Madrid? Like, I'm pretty sure yeah. I have that somewhere. That, yeah. Probably. I didn't even know. Like, I, I was always like, I can't believe he doesn't have a place in today's game with like his versatility and range. Like, he feels like he should be out there. And then someone pointed out to me like a year ago that he was killing it yeah. over a season. I was like, how does he not have a contract or a chance? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no, he's definitely a guy I'd never give up on. I'm trying to think who else. Um, Maybe he just likes the weather out there. I don't know. Dare, dare I say Kelly Olynyk? Okay. I say, wow. Okay. Wow, I, feel like, I feel like Kelly Olynyk. what he does every time I watch him play for Canada, I'm like, oh, he's going to figure this out, and he's going to be like a Brook Lopez type player. Right. He's going to play 20 minutes a night. He's going to get his. He's going to spread the floor. He's going to play some D. 
but I, I, you know, Myers Leonard almost like supplanted them a bit in, in Miami. So here's holding out hope for, for Kelly Olin. Okay. Shout out to the Kelly Olin stance. He's from, he's from uh, BC, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Kamloops. Yeah. Yeah. Kamloops. Wow. All right. Um, okay. Let's do it. This is, this is the time I've been waiting for here. Um, the Emmys came out today, by the way, the Emmy nominations. Did you get a chance to check it out? I didn't actually see them all yet. No. Okay, cool. There were, there were some robberies there though. So I'm, I'm interested to see what you think on that. Like if you're a big better call Saul fan, no nominations for, uh, Bob Oh Lee. really? Yeah. Yeah. Which was wow. Just, wow. Um, all right, let's, let's go to something else then. I got to ask you real quick. Why did you and Jabari not put Django in the top five? I think it was, and, and that, that's the big, that's the big movie that I was like, what if on, what was, what was the big thing about Django that you guys didn't like as much. I think it's more Jabari not liking it than you. But the last, the last episode with Sam uh, L. No, westerns, western episode. Oh, I mean, I just, I just didn't like it more than the five that I had, man. I like, like the movies that I had there. What did I have? I had like Three Ten to Yuma, Assassination of Jesse James, um, Hell or High Waters, like tied for my favorite movie ever. Okay. Um, no Country for Old Men is a That's one a good of the best movies ever. I, it just didn't make it for me. Like it would have been in my top ten. But Jabari legit doesn't like it. And he has some issues with like Tarantino's interpretation of like slavery and like how he's carried himself. So there's like some legitimate gripes from him on that, that perspective. I also think Django fucked up by going 20 minutes too long. Man, it could, it could have gone an hour too, too long, to be honest. It's that's, that's my only issue with it. It's a little bit too long. I feel like every Tarantino movie, there's like Tarantino, Tarantino and Nolan both do this to me. Where like Nolan tries to prove to you how much smarter he is than you in every single movie with like these ridiculous over the top, like not all that important to the plot twist. Yeah. And then Tarantino tries to do this like I'm wittier, I'm a genius, narcissist thing. Like his whole scene where he comes in at the end of the we didn't need any of that. Like it was no. over. We didn't need any of that for the movie. But um, that said, I'm still very open to Django so and the Django Zorro crossover. Oh, I'm yeah. very. I'm, yeah, heard that. I'm 100% in on Django Zorro. That sounds sick. That's that's a really really interesting crossover. I mean, if Antonio Banderas is going to come back and do it, is is that what's planned? I'm down. I'm I down. I don't know. I don't know if that's been rumored yet, but I I would absolutely love that. Absolutely um, love that. the the other thing, uh, like the, I mean, you just mentioned Nolan, so we'll, we'll go into Christopher Nolan. Are, you're a big fan of Christopher Nolan, aren't you? Like I, I, I am. Yeah. Yeah. So, I like. I do love his movies. I just think sometimes he gets like. Dunkirk specifically always comes yeah. to mind. Where like, I get that you were trying to show like that war isn't about like individual personalities and people come and go in every battle and yeah. But like the three different timelines and not having one character matter in the movie, I was like, you're trying too hard. Like, just right. give me Saving Private Ryan and a different <laughs> battle with newer film techniques and like the recipe's there. It's there, man. I don't know, man. I kind of like the time thing. I kind of like the time thing in that. Like, it, what, what did it matter to the movie, though? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just, it, it added, like, like you said, it added, like, oh, I'm smarter than you, Nolan, Kapoom moment, you know, the, the oh shit moment of the whole movie. But, but if you're going to be way smarter than me, you got to be way smarter than me. And I think about, like, with Interstellar, where, like, Interstellar, there's all this crazy shit happening. And I'm like, okay, wow, I didn't even think about how time worked like that. And the whole semen with like uh, the whole scene with Matt Damon and I forget the actor's name, like the black astronaut who goes with them. Right, right, right. And they're having the, the discussion about like politics and ethics and time travel. And I was like, shit, I'm not old enough to sit at this table. But then it's like, 
he wakes, he like, he gets back through all this time. His daughter is old and he just like goes to the, the dock, grabs a spaceship and takes off. I'm like, there's no protocols in 2050. <laughs> like you just grab a spaceship whenever you want to bounce. Then there's like Matt Damon's alone on a planet with like air for like a year and a half. He's completely crazy. But the black astronauts alone for 23 years on a spaceship. And, and he's, he's like, good. cool. He's good. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense at all, man. <laughs> I did find that funny. I thought that was really funny to me too. Yeah. What's his name too? The other guy is like the water's coming. He's like standing like, here's the door. If he stood in the door, he lives, but he's yelling from the outside of the door. He gets, he gets taken from, he gets taken by the wave. What an idiot. This guy has like 150 IQ to be on that plane, but he didn't know that he could still yell at her from the inside of the shuttle. Like, that's also a movie. That's just a little bit too long. Like, it, yeah, yeah, it's a touch. Yeah. But that being said, like the prestige is fantastic. The Nolan yeah. Batman movies are still better than me than anything Marvel's done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, so would you say the dark Knight is probably your favorite Nolan movie? Um, I would say it's Batman begins. Okay. 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 I'm like, I'm, I'm a sucker for the origin story. I think so, that, uh, Ray Liam Neeson. Eh? Yeah. Liam Neeson's Razor Ghoul, Razor Ghoul was, was phenomenal. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I I think that's a very underrated movie, like of the trilogy, because Dark Knight and Dark yeah. Knight Rises got so much critical acclaim that Begins just gets washed under the rug, type of thing, you know? Yeah, and I, I get people liking Dark Knight more for sure, and Ledger's death sent it to another level of like yeah. um, social conversation. But I think Batman Begins, Batman Begins is so good too. Yeah, I'm gonna watch that actually. I'm gonna rewatch that. Soon. By the way, three ten to Yuma. Thank you for suggesting that to me. I gotta watch that. I think I'm gonna watch that either tonight or tomorrow. I've been planning on doing it. I'm Christian Bale's real good, man. Yeah. Christian Bale is is elite. Like three ten to Yuma is fire, though. Like, have you seen Howard High Water? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good movie. So like Ben Foster's in three ten to Yuma too. Russell Crowe, like they all, all right. play really good characters. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. All right, cool. Uh, Another one. Yeah, yeah. Like, go for it. Go for it. Oh, you want me? Okay. Uh, so, mo- what movie was bad for you on first watch, but second watch you grew a better appreciation for? Mm. Like for me, I for me it was uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Actually, oh, I, love I, I don't think I was quite used to Wes Anderson's style when I first watched that. Yeah. And I, I remember being so thrown off by it. I was like, "What the hell am I watching?" And then I watched it again. I was like, "Oh no, no, okay, I, I, I get this now. Like, this makes a lot of sense." I want to say, you know what, mine is. I can see that with like a bunch of Wes Anderson movies, to be honest. Yeah. And that could probably be with your mood too. Like you're just not in the mood for silly shenanigans. You might be like, yeah. what's the point of this stupid movie? <laughs> but if, if you're relaxed, you're like, Oh yeah, there's a lot here. Um, for me, it's probably super bad because okay. Okay. I was like 13, you know, I was, I was young and impressionable making mistakes. And I was, you know, sneaking into movies with the lads and we were, uh, you know, we couldn't get, we couldn't buy a ticket for it. So we like snuck in. I think we bought tickets for like some garbage movie, like kids movie, like, you know, the Robinsons or something. And then we yeah. like immediately ran into the other theater. And I remember like watching that movie and there was so much hype and I like didn't get the jokes. I hadn't had sex yet. Probably yeah. like just, it just was like whoosh. Yeah. I, was, I was like, Oh, super bad's overrated. Super bad's overrated. And then I saw it at like 18 and just like hysterically died all the way through. <laughs> so I think that's probably the one. I don't have one that's that way, but I have one that as I've watched it more, it's gotten progressively worse, and that's Aquaman. Like, I, I watched it the first time. Yeah. I watched it the first time. Where did you even off. start on Aquaman? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Like it was a solid five out of ten, and then it went from a f- to a four. And three. <laughs> the scene where where uh, things dad dies in the submarine is just—I don't know if you guys watched it, by the way. My bad if you spoil if I'm spoiling this for you. Um, but the thing where his dad dies in the submarine is one of the cheesiest deaths I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> nah, don't 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 die. D- don't don't die for me. All right, go ahead and survive. So yeah. and just like, oh man, I don't know if I could do this, man. I don't know if I could do the whole thing. So that's, uh, that's the movie for me. I, I hate that like raw, raw, dot. like you have to be really careful with the raw, raw dialogue in any movie, even if it's an epic. And like, I can't remember what Blake Lively says at the end when they win the battle or something like clap for your king. And like, there's just like this cut of like everyone in the ocean, like cheering above water. Like half of them might not even breathe above water, but they're all like, yeah, I'm like, this is fucking brutal. Yeah. <laughs> that was a tough movie, man. I like Jason Momoa's cool. Aquaman's cool, but the movie was. A- yeah. The, the, the budget for it seemed like it was way, way more than, the actual storyline and the plot and like they, they focus way too much on on visual effects than they did actually trying to create a cool story that's just my opinion though i don't know yeah i'm, I'm gonna pass pass on underwater avatar if you have to see that. <laughs> <laughs> i'll also pass on avatar sequels I'll, I'll, oh, yeah uh, absolutely this is this is faux this is showmanship this is the nickelback theory all over again yeah i remember i was there people loved nickelback and mm-hmm. then it became culturally cool to hate on nickelback agreed like Avatar was the highest selling film ever. People were going back to see it like four times in theater, and now everyone on the internet hates it. Yeah. Do you it remember? Like a, it made a gazillion dollars. You all just paid to see it three times because <laughs> you fucking hated it, you liars. <laughs> I remember watching it in IMAX, like the screen was bent. Oh, yeah. Like crazy. You know, it seemed like it was, you were in a different world, right? I remember. Look, here's the thing on that movie Pocahontas was good. Yeah. Dances with Wolves, Kevin Costner was good. Is Avatar Dances with Wolves with tall blue people? Yes, but it's still good. It, w- it, w- it was fun. Like, I'm not saying it's the best movie ever. I'm not like, hey, uh, Gangs of New York or Avatar, best performance you ever seen. Like, it- it's just a good movie, and I do want to see the sequels. And-, and I don't know, someone was saying it's been delayed eight times. I'm like, yeah, oh my God, like half of the world's going to die in COVID before we even get <laughs> Avatar 2, man. It's unreal. Uh, I, the, I, you actually mentioned Gangs of New York. Shout out! That is a great movie. That's probably top five yeah. movies for me. Mm-hmm. Um, if uh, by the way, Nickelback, another band that that happened to, Coldplay. If you remember, people love yes. Coldplay. People love to hate on Coldplay now. All right, I'm throwing it out there. Um, I feel like U two's in that as well, but they did it yeah. to themselves with that like, yeah. don't put your music on my iPod. Yeah. <laughs> that was like audio harassment. Nobody wanted it. Uh, I know Bradshaw wants to get to this question really badly. Which show doesn't get yeah. recognition that's on right now? Brad, give me your answer before we get into it. I'm a big, I'm a big sucker for any good sitcoms, and I, I remember, I, like when quarantine first started, I was like, I want a really good sitcom to watch. So I torrented every season of Superstore, and I love <laughs> Superstore with a passion. Like it's such a like, it's not on a, like it's it's literally just a sitcom of people who work in like a like a Walmart type of store. Like, but, they, but it's called Cloud Nine, and it's with America Ferrera and Ben Feldman. I think it's I think it's hilarious. I think it's one of the best sitcoms on right now. I don't think it gets enough recognition because it's not on like a like a Netflix or obviously not Disney Plus. It's on Amazon Prime now, I think, so you can watch it there. But I I love Superstore, and I recommend that to anybody who likes sitcoms. That's crazy. I've never heard of that store. I was in store. I've never heard of that show. <laughs> 
I love Superstore. Wow. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't, I, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it, but I would definitely give it a go. I'm in, I'm in the, the, the looking, I'm looking for a new sitcom. Um, Space it's definitely Force in the same vein as like a, like an office or like a Parks and Rec kind of thing. Which we're both like, I love The Office and Parks and Rec exactly. really too. Um, I want to say Queen of the South, man. I, I keep coming back to, uh, and Queen of the South, like, I, I'm not caught up to the current season because I've only caught it like when it gets the Netflix drop, however, six months after. Yeah. But it, it has like a real like Sons of Anarchy type vibe and uh, like intriguing plot line, enough like murder and, and drama in there to keep me intrigued. And yeah, I, that's one I feel like no one i never see anyone talking about it the first season is really good i, I don't think i i, I don't think i kind of think i fell off mostly of just watching it in the second season but the first season was really really good like i binged right through that um, yeah that was really good i know i know you I, i'm pretty sure you tweeted about this too snowpiercer 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 really- yeah I, I didn't did you see it all the way to the end you guys both yeah, see it yeah, all? yeah yeah um i'm like not sure about the whole second train yeah 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 dynamic i almost would have rather seen them like try to like maintain order and see how the system holds up now that they had the war but like but it it was pretty good it's pretty good it 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 wasn't like the movie but it it was an intriguing show and jennifer connelly's really good yeah she was i i I actually like the the main actor in it the cop i don't know his name to be honest but i think it's david diggs yeah, he's good. Oh, I love I love David so much. Yeah, he's good. He's a good actor. I, I I thought a lot of people kind of ragged on him about Snowpiercer, but I thought he was good. Oh, really? Yeah. I feel like that was one immediately that like Snowpiercer was a movie snob film for so long. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, you haven't even seen Snowpiercer, <laughs> and then when it became like it's oh, it can't become a Netflix TV show. That's like the worst thing that could happen to a hipster yeah, movie. Yeah, right. So uh, there's resistance, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Um, which which movie franchise does every single person you know love, but you absolutely hate? <sighs> absolutely hate is tough. Okay, fine. Maybe not absolutely hate. Dislike. <laughs> Have a disdain for. Yeah. Uh, Fast and the Furious? Um, yes! Yes! Uh, yes! Thank you! Yes. <laughs> Thank you. You know, like very much with the toxicity levels of NBA Twitter, there's also like such a level of performance art. This like hind mind, a uh, hive mind thing where like everyone has to like the same things and pretend they like the same things. Yeah, I was tempted to say John Wick. Like I enjoy the John Ooh, Wick movies. Yeah, like I enjoy them. They're good, but people pretending like they're the greatest action movies ever made is like, I don't know. A few Twitter guys started doing that, and I felt like everyone followed suit. But with Fast and the Furious, like. Whatever, what, five? Was it five when The Rock hopped in? Him and Vin Diesel yeah. fought through, five like, was the warehouse? The, yeah. yeah, five was the Brazil one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, the Brazil, yeah. Like, that That was the last good one to me. Yeah. And, yeah. like, I usually watch them. I usually catch them. I couldn't even tell you what the order is. And, like, Luke Evans was in there and, like, you know, Jason Statham, whatever. But I watched Hobson Shaw. And people, like, you know, shouts to Justin Rowan. You're my brother. I love you. But Hobson <laughs> Shaw was painful. it it was like the rock directed it while he was doing it just to try to look like swole and hard and like make remind (laughs) you that he is a man of culture and i just that movie was just so painful and then people being like oh it was so much fun i'm like you don't actually believe that you just want to be part of like this family you want to be part of the family like vin diesel's not even in it like that's true yeah I, i i thought um for casting idris elba as a villain you know, you, you'd expect a better movie. 
Like yeah. you're you're hiring an actor of that caliber to play yeah. a super villain, right? You gotta you gotta bring up a better movie, like storyline in general. I just like also I don't know. I maybe it's a logistics thing, and like I. I'm a big, like, your movie doesn't have to be realistic, but it has to be realistic within your universe. Mm -hmm. So, like, if it's The Walking Dead, like, yeah, there's zombies. So zombies can exist, but, like, you also have to have water. Like, you know, you have to have, like, how do you always have bullets? Like, I just want, like, help me figure these things out. But, like, Idris Elba's basically an Avenger. And then they're like, hey, we've got baseball bats, and then, it ends with them like fighting him on a rock hand to hand when they'd already punched them and like broke their hands earlier trying to do that. I'm like, how could you do that now? Like, yeah, it, yeah. It, it makes no sense, man. It makes no sense. I, I think I'll agree with you guys on Fast and Furious just because after five, it it, yeah. it flew, flew off a cliff, like literally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and I, the one right at, like the, the last one that Paul Walker was in was okay. And I was like, I'm here for like the end of the Paul Walker and to wrap this up. Yeah. And then now they're doing like a seventh movie after that. I'm like, no. Well, I, then I think I, they're, I, like, they're planned like 10. They have like 10 ready to go or something like that. And I heard they're going to try to make it like um, Ocean's Eleven, but Fast and the Furious. It's going to be the theme of the movies going forward. Uh, they're going to be, they're going to become suave all of a sudden and like wear suits and like, oh my God. After being international I, 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 criminals. I no one's going to notice them in a museum after they blew up half of Earth. Like I, yeah. Well, I, I saw the thing where it's like they're, gen, they're genuinely thinking of going to space. Like they're, they're considering going to space and maybe even battling some aliens. So. Here's who I want to see in space. Tom Cruise. Okay. <laughs> maybe Nick Cage. Not yeah, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Dwayne The Rock Johnson's muscle mass is not going to matter in space. That's a poor choice. Like, Although, um, one franchise that I think gets ragged on a little bit that I like, Mission Impossible. I, think. I like Mission Impossible, too. Yeah. I like Mission Impossible. I, yeah, but there's, there's, a, there's a side of, of the world that is like, ah, oh, they're, they're overplayed, it's cheesy, Tom Cruise is short, yada, 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 right? So <laughs> I feel like people are coming around on them a bit, though. Because the stunts but, are great, the, the banter's good. Really good. The, the, what was it, Fallout? Or, yeah, yeah, I think was, it was Fallout, yeah. Yeah, that was really or, good. Yeah, and that's like Henry Cavill is the bad guy. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Henry that's Cavill cool. is also I, I enjoy Henry Cavill as an actor. He, he could be he could be doing some other stuff too, other than Superman. But but that's another conversation for another day. Um, Josh, man, this was this was fun. This was a lot of fun to talk about. Um, tell tell Jabari that I'm actually interested in his Tarantino takes because I think I think he has a really really good point. Because if you look at like Pulp Fiction and what he did, and and then like you go forward with like. Inglorious Bastards, and then you know that there's a whole conversation to be had about why he depicts people a certain way, right? Yeah, and I mean, there's there's a really good conversation to be had about like, um, what what is like your responsibility as a filmmaker, and I'm less interested in that. Like, I'm pretty good at being like a movie is a movie, yeah, and I don't really care if. Black Panther and Killmonger represent like two different factions of the African American world. Right. Um, but I'm also not from like a minority group where, you know, I, I don't have those invested feelings. And like, I know even with once upon a time, um, like how he did Bruce Lee's character, like right. really upsets some people. Yeah. And again, I'm like, I don't think because I saw a fictional movie done by Tarantino that that's actually how Bruce Lee was. It didn't change my opinion of Bruce Lee. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not in his family. So I, I, I think you could 
definitely have that Jabari be open to having that conversation. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's it's an interesting conversation I had. Maybe maybe one day we'll start up a movies podcast. But this was this was a good way to <laughs> kind of segue it all in. Um, as always, guys, make sure to give us that five star rating on on Apple Pods and a big shout out to Josh for coming on to the pod as well. You can check out the Dunks and Discourse podcast as always as well. Um, Brad, any final words before we head out? No, everyone watch Superstore. That's all I got to say. <laughs> all right. I got, I got you. I'll, I'll, I'll start it. I think I have Amazon Prime, so I'll, I'll take a look at it. Good. Josh, Josh, anything before we head out? No, man. Just uh, just proud to say I made it on time for this one. So Yes. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, there yeah, yeah. All right. Cool. Thank you very much, man. <laughs> have a good all one. Right, take care, boys. Take care.